Welcome to the Lioness Queen podcast. Your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha, founder, speaker, spiritual coach, and licensed minister, shares how she overcame the emotional trauma from divorce with her faith in God. Now let's jump into your daily dose of letting go of the past and living totally residue free. Here's your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha. Welcome back, Lioness Queens. Welcome back. Man, this is the last day of the month of June, 2020. I cannot believe we are already halfway through the year. (laughs) I mean, it has only been by the grace of God, right? There have been so many things that have transpired, I mean, over these, the beginning of this year. And it's really been eye-opening, I'm pretty sure, for you as well. Um, And so I definitely wanted to continue our series on change and embracing the new. And I was really excited last week. We had our second virtual women's empowerment session, um, the I Am series. And every fourth Friday of the month, um, myself and my co-host, Reverend Sherry, And we just had a great time talking about this topic. So I wanted to, I felt the need to recap and just discuss it again. And so I have a new poem for this episode. You already know, I love starting out with a quote or a poem and I'll try to read this in my Maya Angelou voice. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me if I sound a little nasal. My allergies are actually kicking my butt. I need rain in my life right now which is metaphorically is funny but um so the poem that i found is written by a woman um and her name is pat a fleming and the name of the poem the title of the poem is called finding hope and so it says i've always viewed life from the sidelines just watching it passing me by In the past, too afraid to just let go and live. And lately, tired to try. I've envied the people around me, so invested in living each day, while I spent my time hiding out from the world and searching for ways to just escape. For most of my life, I truly believed I was here to help someone else. But now it's so clear, it was just an excuse to avoid living life for myself. It's sad that our lives and the pain we endure can weaken our strength to move on. But if we get lost in the scars of our past, Without knowing, our our lives will be gone. It's true. People are disappointing. They can turn in the blink of an eye. But we can't avoid hurting each other. When we all want a chance at this life. But there's something, something I've learned through the wisdom of age. A truth about all of our lives. 
And that is no matter what path we each take, in the end, we just survive. We just want to survive. So the time has now come to conquer my fears and to stand up and face a new day. Let the hurts of my past wash away my tears and stop letting my life slip away. Hmm. That poem was powerful. And so I know it was a long poem, um, but the part that kind of stood out for me was the part that says, in the past, too afraid to just let go and live. And so this part for me, I I truly believe, I feel like this is kind of where we get stuck, like Lot's wife, holding on to something when God is trying to promote you But fear of the unknown has you desiring a place God is trying to remove you from. And then another part, it talks about the scars, right? So it says, if we get lost in the scars of our past without knowing, our lives will be gone. And so I think this is another space where we get stuck and lost in our scars, our wounds from our past. And as a result, we don't embrace the new. And so we are consumed with these wounds and scars instead of the healer, instead of the one who can heal your broken heart. Woo, I'm telling you. So I think this is a great segue into our theme for this month, embracing the new. I believe many of us get stuck on our scars and not realizing it like the poem says, without knowing our lives are gone. We look back on our past and scars and wounds that developed as a result of something someone did to us, something traumatic, um, a childhood experience that was negative. And before you know it, years have gone by. Time has passed. Time has elapsed. Time has just gone by in just a blink of an eye. And you think about it, it's like, why does that happen? Why does it go by so fast, especially when something is going on in our lives and we get stuck on what's going on or we get stuck on what happened. And so I think for myself, I think we as human beings, we don't like to be forced in a space of change, a space of uncertainty, a space of shifting, a space of removing, a space of pruning, a space of newness, especially when it's not, doesn't look like a blessing, right? A space of growth, a space of being uncomfortable, a space of stretching, right? And so we all have encountered this space. But you know, more recently, we've we've encountered it collectively with this pandemic. And if you think about If you think about it, I mean, time has gone by. I felt like we were just celebrating the new year. We were just embarking on the year 2020 and we were excited about what was going to happen this year for us. 
But I think what happened is either you embrace the new in this pandemic, you complained about what's going on in this pandemic, you start hyper-focusing on all of the limitations during this pandemic of what you can do, what you can't do, being forced to stay at home in this pandemic. So whatever the case, you have experienced one or all of these feelings, right? But sadly, many individuals, we are so stuck on our past and things that were done to us. And when it comes to our lives personally, we hate change. I mean, hate it. I mean, I remember last week we were talking about um, change and we were talking about how we don't like it. And I compared change to nasty medicine. And so I remember as a kid, um, I have asthma and I used to have asthma attacks all the time. And so back in the day, like they didn't have nebulizer machines. And so either it was either that medicine or they had to give you shots every hour. Like I literally remember that, but there was this asthma medicine called Quibron and I absolutely hated it. I hated taking it. Although the medicine was good for me. The medicine was trying to help regulate my breathing. I hated taking it. And I know it's an oxymoron, but oftentimes the things that we hate are the things that are good for us. And so even though it's been over 30 years since I have had this medicine, I I distinctly remember the taste of it. I distinctly remember the smell of it, which leads me to something that God um, showed me and why it's challenging to embrace new things or to embrace change. Because it's very similar to something that the prophet Isaiah talked about. um, And he he was urging people to forget the former things. Or in other words, forget our past experiences. Because what why he was urging the people to do that is because it leaves a fingerprint on our subconscious that comes up in our memory bank just like the nasty medicine does for me. And so what former things, if you think about this, what former things for you did you focus on that made time pass by, that made years go by? So was it a fear? Was it a disappointment? Was it a hurt? Was it a divorce? Was it a miscarriage? Was it an abuse, a lack, um, trauma, childhood experiences? It could even be something as simple as something familiar. And so oftentimes we don't embrace the new um, because we are so comfortable in a certain job. We're so comfortable in a certain position at our job and do not try to be promoted. We're so comfortable in a neighborhood that we lived in for years and grew up in. We have a fear of moving out of that neighborhood. It could also relate to how you spend money. It could relate to even bad habits that develop that you keep going back to, you know, Um, or even something as simple as our taste buds or preference. 
And so as a result from the former things from our past experiences, we fail and hold on to the scar. We hold on to the wound instead of focusing and believing on the healer, the one who can heal our hearts, heal our broken hearts, heal us from every sickness or disease or habit. I mean, actually heal and help us to believe in the new ways that God is moving, that God is renewing, that God is restoring things all for your good. We we are to forget the former things. Amen. What I truly believe is we fail in looking back we fail and when we do that that wound just doesn't heal I think we what we do is we put a band-aid on it and think everything is going to be okay when there's some fingerprints in our subconscious that need to be cleaned need to be erased and so when things come up in our lives and we constantly are looking at the scar and the wound some kind of way our mind flips that switch and our memory goes back into hyper gear and if we think about it you know and if we think about it too long it begins to invade our peace it begins to pollute our joy It begins to distort our perspective. It begins to infiltrate our physical, mental, and emotional and psychological health. And lastly, it imprints negativity in our mind. And so it has the ability to impact every part of our being, you know, and the scripture consistently says that this is these are I mean we're supposed to forget the former things, the things that have happened in our past. We're not supposed to remember, but the problem is that fingerprint that's left that triggers us to remember and see things negatively and not positively. And so as a result, we cannot embrace the new and it stops us from having a fresh encounter with God. And so we all have major life transitions. That is how life works. It's something that happens. But sometimes life can happen to you and it can literally suffocate the life out of you and create a scar or a wound so deep that it is hard to even get up in the morning. It's hard to even... Uh, get out of bed. It's hard to even take a shower. It's hard to even think about brushing your teeth. It is hard to even um, just do the simple things in taking care of oneself when that scar can go down so deep from a major life transition, right? But sometimes things happen and it's like we don't really want it healed. We would prefer you know, wallowing in it and and crying about it and complaining about it. 
But for some reason, it's hard for us to let things go, especially if someone rejected us, you know? So if you were rejected in a relationship and you put your all into it, if you were rejected in a marriage and you put your all into it, it is challenging to let that emotional wound go, you know? And so I truly believe it is the trick of the enemy um, to create this stronghold in our life, um, where he wants that wound deep in our subconscious in a way where you won't allow yourself open to being healed. You don't allow yourself to allow your will to agree with God's will. You don't understand the need of letting go of what someone did to you you don't take that step or that leap of faith to believe that God can do all things, right? So instead of having a victim mindset, I mean, instead of having a faith mindset, you have a victim mindset. Instead of believing that you have the victory, you wallow in being this victim of what someone did to you. Instead of really truly allowing the word of God to go down deep between the joints and the marrow. I think what's so fascinating to me about God and the God we serve, he has our best interests at heart. And for someone to send his only begotten son here on earth so God can have a better understanding of what humans go through that he sent his son here so his son can experience the things that we experience so Jesus you know in a nutshell came I mean, he came to set the captives free but he also came to learn how to be empathetic to the things that we go through the things that we experience the things that get us distracted, the things that throws up us off guard, the things that catch us off by, by surprise, the things that hurt us, the things that reject who we are and our being, the things or people that stab us in the back, right? And so empathy he has for you and for me. Jesus is empathetic to the things that you go through, Lioness Queens, which I truly believe is indicative of why his grace is unmerited and why his grace is something that we don't deserve because he has walked in our shoes. He understands the struggle. He understands the heartbreak. He understands the grief as a human but with no matter what no matter what lioness queens his grace still abounds right and so if we think about an example um if think about um jesus himself experienced scars and wounds right like he was sent here so that he could have that experience and so that he could understand us better, 
And I think that is one of the reasons also why that first commandment was given. Because there's a love for us because he went through it, you know. And so if you think about it, Jesus dealt with being stabbed in the back. He dealt with rejection. He dealt with grief. He dealt with distractions. He dealt with temptations. He dealt with feeling overwhelmed, you know, and I could go on, but Jesus dealt with things. And so if you think about, I wanted to think about an example of when he dealt with grief, when John the Baptist died, it was hard for him. It was challenging. It was a huge blow. It suffocated him. And it suffocated him so much when he wanted to go away and mourn. And that is what we do, right? Like he, he did something that we do, right? So when we experience a death um, of a loved one close to us, we go away to mourn and have some private time, right? And so Jesus tried to do that. He tried to have some private time with his daddy. But guess what? It didn't work because his ministry and his purpose still needed to be fulfilled and at that moment when he felt the weight of the pain from the scar from the wound the most he still had to walk with his head high he still had to believe that his abba father would take care of him he still had to cast all his cares on his daddy he still had to uh, move forward even in the midst that people were still wanting to be ministered life to, still wanted to be healed. Even in the midst of it, that pain going down deep in his soul, he still realized my daddy is still good. And he even had to submit and realize God allowed the death to happen. God allowed me to experience this emotional scar. Because it was for a purpose. But in the same token, Jesus realized that this scar wasn't about him. He realized that a greater purpose and work needed to be fulfilled in the land. He knew that God allowed the death to take place, but also he knew that his daddy was always there. His daddy knew how to comfort him. His daddy knew how to talk to him late in the midnight hour. He didn't have a fear. Because he knew his daddy would take care of him. He knew that that cup was necessary. So even though the crowd followed him. When he was trying to mourn. And he. Was still able. To still minister to the people. That he was called to do. Jesus still embraced the new, even feeling this deep despair in his life, the saddest moments in his life, the darkest time, Jesus still embraced the new. But that's not easy for us to do so quickly. We can't even imagine losing a, a special loved one and having to go to work the same day, the next day, as if it didn't happen. But Jesus knew that it was all about his purpose and why he was sent on earth. Jesus knew it wasn't about him, but it was about the work that needed to be done. 
the people who needed to be ministered to, the lives that needed to be saved, the people who needed to feel his love. Jesus knew it was all about embracing the journey of why he came to set the captives free. Now let me share a few quick tips in how we can embrace the new thing that God is trying to do in our lives. tip that God gave me is we have to shift our mindset. So Galatians 2.20 we have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. So it is about living with a faith mindset. That what I go through in this foreign land because this land is not my home it is not about me but what God is doing through me and that's what Jesus realized Jesus realized this is not about me this is not about the pain that I'm feeling this is the work that God is trying to do through me for the people for the nation for the land for this world and so this is the mindset that God is trying to get us to embrace it is never and so what we go through is never to me or towards me, but it's always through me that God is doing something for my story, but for his glory. And so we have to shift our mindset, you know, like the term you've heard before, um, God doesn't call the qualified, but qualifies the call. And so it's not about what skill set I have, how much education I have. It's not about who I know, you know, who my friends are. It's not about any of those things, you know. You have, you have, it's not about anything that you have in the natural, right? But it is, it's what God sees that you have within you that you might not see for yourself. And so he sees courage and resiliency in you. And he sees so much more within you than you even see within your own self. And so this this is one of the reasons why God allows certain major life transitions to happen to certain people. Because he is trying to work through you. Because you have something in you that he knows you can handle it. Amen. So second, the second tip I have is all about introspection. And so I truly believe um, this is one of the biggest tricks that the enemy tries to do um, in us is he wants us to believe the false narrative. He wants us to believe the lie instead of the truth. So the question is, the things that are happening in our lives, we have to combat the lies. We have to um, combat um, what the enemy that is, is telling us that is not the truth that is not based on the word of God and so I think um, oftentimes 
there's a sentence that we have told ourselves um, of why we can't, of why we won't, of why we don't feel um, that we deserve certain things. And it's a sentence that oftentimes we've been telling ourselves since we were children. You know, um, oftentimes we start to do that when we start to compare ourselves to other people um, and to other people's lives, you know. And so there's a sentence that you tell yourself. So the question is, what have you told yourself? Have you literally told yourself you can't? I can't do that. I I can't, you know, be promoted. I, they won't pick me. You know, if I go in this interview, I... I I won't, I don't ever say the right things. Uh, I'm not pretty enough. I don't, actually, I don't think he'll be interested in me because, you know, I I didn't go to college. So it's a sentence that the enemy is trying to keep you saying to yourself that is a lie. And so we have to do that introspection and fight that false narrative that the enemy is trying to loop and play over in your head. And so the third tip that I have is Romans 12, 2. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so we have to bathe our mind in scripture to fight the fingerprint on, on our subconscious. That's the only way to remove and clean what has been um, that's been there for so long. You know, the word has the ability and the potency to infiltrate the natural and the spiritual realm to the point of eradication and liberation, but you must apply it. And when you apply it, it can go down between the joints and the marrow. You know, um, that's the one thing about the word of God. It can go down deep. And so um, I remember last year, my husband had to have a major surgery on his stomach and he was cut <clears throat> a lot, a lot more than what was expected. And I remember every few days in the beginning, we had to clean it. And I'm like, man, why did he leave parts of his stomach open? So there were staples, but there weren't staples all through the, it, it wasn't staples all through the cut. And so the next time we went to the doctor, we asked him the question, hey, doc, like, why, why did you leave certain parts open? And we didn't understand why, right, <clears throat> until we asked the question. And the doctor said, well, because the wound is so deep, we like to leave certain parts open. So one, that we can clean, we can go down and clean. And two, so that it heals from the inside out, not from the outside in. Woo, I'm telling you. That right there could preach. And so I was like, wow, God, this is powerful because this is what you want us to do with the word of God. This is going down between the joints and the marrow. This is why you want the word. You want us to apply it. Don't quote it. There's a lot of people in the world, in the world, even in church, who can quote the scriptures verbatim, know it verbatim. I mean, can quote it like white on rice. But in the same token, 
do not apply the word to their life. Do not apply the word to the wounds that they've had from the former things so that they can be healed and made whole. And so this is the piece that God wants us to do. He wants us to apply the word by renewing our minds and so that it goes down deep so that we can heal and be made whole. Amen. And lastly, God wants us to understand that Jeremiah 29, 11 will still come to pass, but we must fight the sentence we've always told ourselves. Amen. And so at this point, I, I truly believe God is asking you the question, Lioness Queens, what is God telling you in this season to embrace in your life? And so it's a hard question. Um, but however, I think if you really have been listening to his voice, especially during this pandemic, you he's been talking to you. And so... I have to be honest, uh, you know, about really what God has been dealing with me on. And it's all connected to my motto. And so I truly believe um, my motto is something that he wants to do in me, but he also wants to do in others, in other women, um, in cleaning out those fingerprints that were placed on our subconscious. And that is being residue free. And so for me, it is all about God has tried to help me um, to stop looking back and holding on to things when somebody does something to you. And so it's all about the lens. It is all about our view and our perspective. Um, and so God has been impressing upon me personally to stop looking at what someone did to you. And so I need you. So this is what God said to me. <laughs> and I have to laugh because it's so easy. When somebody hurts you, when somebody violates you, when somebody abuses you, it goes down to your core. And so for God to say these words to me, I'm telling you, it, it gives you a perspective but it also um, makes you aware of uh, the cup that Jesus had to drink for you and I, you know, and the cup was necessary. Um, although Jesus, you know, prayed about how he didn't really want the cup. He didn't want to take the cup on, <clears throat> but he knew that there was a purpose in the cup. And so God said to me, I need you to look at what I allowed to happen. So don't blame that person. Blame me. <laughs> That's what God said. Blame me. <laughs> I'm like, uh. <clears throat> and so he said, I am the God who allowed it to happen, baby girl. They didn't do all that on their own. You, it was me who set it up. I planned it. I use them as a pawn, just like in a chess game, to work things out for your good. I use them to change the trajectory of your life because, truth be told, you were not growing, you were not moving, you were not advancing, 
you were not shifting your mindset. You were not walking in where I called you to walk in. And I had to do some pruning, pruning. And so I had to prune you, baby girl, you know, because I had to cut some things out of your life. Sadly, you know, that individual was not worthy enough to help you, to support you in this season that I have you in and where I'm taking you. They weren't smart enough to do this all on their own. They weren't smart enough to foresee Jeremiah 29, 11 that I had planned for you, for you, my daughter. I used them because they were all part of my plan. So stop it. <laughs> That's what he said to me, y'all. He said, stop it. Stop blaming them. And he's saying that to you, Linus Queen. Stop blaming the person. Stop blaming your family. Stop blaming the job. Stop blaming. It is all about what God allowed. And if he allowed it, that means he's taking you somewhere. You know? Like Jesus, you know, Jesus had those feelings. Daddy, I, I don't know if I can handle this cup you're giving me right now. But Jesus knew there was an advancement coming. Jesus knew there was a blessing coming. Jesus knew that there was a destiny coming for his life. And he had to accept it. And so, where did my time go? I, I, I tell you, the time goes by too fast. But listen, Linus Queens, I kind of have a word for you. Um, just one word that God gave me. And I shared it actually in my empowerment session, but I also wanted just to share it again because I think it's so relevant to um, this topic. And so the word that I have for you is called road, R-O-A-D, road. And so what comes to my mind is the Robert Frost poem, The Road Not Taken. And I don't know if you ever, you probably read it when you were in school, but if you haven't read that poem, hey, check it out. It's called The it's called the Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. And the poem, it kind of helps you to understand about embracing the new. It is a choice, Linus Queens. And so oftentimes, we don't take a chance. <laughs> You know, we, we just don't. And so you have a choice to take a chance. You have a choice to try something new and different. See something new and different. Believe something new and different. Create new things. Create new memories. So again, we keep going back to former things, but you have the ability to recreate things and create new ones. It's all up to you. And where did this process begin in your mindset? You have to do a shift in your mind. You do not want to look back and let years go by. Years. And God is trying to give you this time and in this season we are in now to do something new, to try something new, to believe something new. And so this is an awakening moment in time in your life, in my life. And God wants us to embrace Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, 
I will do a new thing, baby girl, for you. Now, which is in present tense, it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? So God is like, hey, I'm trying to get your attention, lioness queen. I'm trying to get it. Be aware that I am doing something new in this season. I will even make a roadway in the wilderness. So God say is saying, I will make a road in the wilderness. I will make a road in the desert to get you from point A to point B. You, you can't even see the road because you're focusing too much on the wilderness and where you are. It's not about where you are. It's about where you're going. And then the last part of the scripture is, it says, I will give you rivers in the desert. So you don't have to thirst for nothing. Because I have already taken care of that for you. And so Lioness Queen, be encouraged. God wants you to embrace the new. Amen. This is Reverend Dr. Marisha, your Lioness Queen. Let's go ahead and declare our weekly chant over our lives. Amen. Repeat after me. I am a lioness queen. God wants me to rise up. He wants me to take my rightful place as the queen I am. He wants me to be residue-free, intentional in my fight. Stand on the word of God. Realize I am a masterpiece. I am, I am, I am enough. I am a lioness queen with a purpose. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining the Lioness Queen podcast. Please subscribe and write a review. You can find me on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even iHeartRadio. I would love to hear how this message empowered you. Come back next Tuesday at 3 p.m. for more from your Lioness Queen.